So welcome back to the week four Backroads Six-Man Scoreboard Podcast. You name it, we've got it covered here in the six-man world, all the way from Follette down to Nueces Canyon, from all the way over in El Paso to the Piney Woods of East Texas. We've got you covered. I'm Craig Spree with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown, Texas 1A fan. So Bobby... What a week it was. Uh, you know, you look at the scoreboard, especially when you look in the top 10 and uh, a couple of surprises there. A team really uh, that we kind of knew was going to be good, made a definite name for themselves. But it was such, such a strong week here. And we, we've got to start with one of the best teams. And, and to me, maybe I don't want to say surprise, but one of those teams that I think is better than I ever anticipated this season. And that is the Rankin Red Devils. They take out the Lakey Eagles this week, 79 to 34. And we've got the pleasure of uh, welcoming in Coach Garrett Avilos. Coach, welcome in. Hey, I appreciate you guys um, having me on. So looking forward to it. Well, let's let's talk about the game to begin with. Uh, Lakey, one of those teams, the Eagles, that uh, was predicted to do fairly well this year. But uh, your Red Devils really handled them. Just talk about the game in general. Yeah, you know, they, they've got a lot of guys back from um, last season. I, I was – you know, we were prepared for a, a four-quarter battle. And, you know, to start the game, I thought our, our energy was great. And we, we, we got some quick scores. They had the first touchdown. And then we kind of got rolling and, and got a few stops and jumped out to an early lead. So we were feeling pretty good. And we've developed a habit um, that I don't know how to fix in the last four weeks of having a terrible second quarter. And so uh, they were able to gain a lot of momentum going into halftime you know, and made it a ball game and their kids played hard and executed well. And sometimes we had a turnover that I thought was really critical in the first half. But, you know, we went in at halftime and the kids really rallied. And there was a few things said at halftime that kind of got them going. I thought we came out in the second half and looked really, really good. So. So your Red Devil team playing really good this year. And I talked about in the outset. I don't want to say that I didn't think you were going to be good this year, but I, to me, you guys have exceeded expectations, at least early in the season, of what I think the Red Devils uh, uh, were going to be able to accomplish. Do you have that same feeling, or is this exactly what you expected? Yeah, you know, it's uh, very understandable. We we return one starter on offense and two on defense, and so um, you look at some of the athletes we've had the last couple of years, we, we had a feeling we could be pretty solid, but – you know, just really didn't know, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, I feel like these guys, the group we have now, they're they're a lot different than the kids we've had in the past. We look a little different. And, you know, we don't throw the ball as much, um, you know, just don't have as much speed. But these guys have really bought into to the identity that we've told them that we kind of need to create with this group we have. And this is my fourth year as a head football coach. And, you know, this group is, they're special. They, they work hard every day. They came to me early in the season and said, coach, we don't even, we don't want to talk about playoffs. We don't want to talk about a state championship. We just want to focus on getting better every day and uh, taking it week by week. And, you know, that's something a lot of people say, but for them to come to me with that, I thought that was pretty cool that they just wanted to focus on getting better every every day and every week. And I feel like so far they've, they've done a pretty good job of that. So They're in Region 2, District 6. How do you feel that you're going to fare in District? Because, you know, that's coming up sooner than we think. Yeah, absolutely. We feel pretty good. I mean, um, I think um, all the teams in our district are much improved from last year. So um, you never know how that's going to go. But we definitely know that Garden City is – 
is going to be a really, really tough test for us. Um, they're always well coached. And, you know, six man's a game of matchups, in my opinion. And you just never know how you're going to match up with people and with some of the, some of the things that Jeff Jones does over there in Garden City. They're tough to defend and they've got a good defense. And so that's definitely a game that, you know, we know is going to be a really tough one. And then um, as far as Grady and Midland TLCA go, you know, they're, they're improved and you never know how that's going to be, but we feel like we're in a, a pretty good position as long as we keep improving and, and, and heading down the track we're heading. When you talk about matchups, you mentioned those and, you know, you've got Braxton Kirkland. We all know what he's about, but one of your favorite players is, is a big favorite of Bobby and I's. And to me, he's a nightmare, nightmare matchup for the other team. That's David Bunger. Talk about his play. You know, David Bunger is a kid, you know, that moved in. I guess it's he's been here for three years now. And, uh, you know, that family is just – they're a tremendous family. They're, they're really good people. He's a pretty quiet kid. He's a country, country boy. I mean, he's, he's one of those kids that, you know, he might walk up to you and, you know, punch you just kind of playing around, and you're like, golly, man. He, he can't help it. He's, he's – um, naturally, he's just 100 miles an hour in everything he does. He's a kid in practice that kids don't want to go against just because – you can't do anything half speed with him. He's, he's just full tilt all the time. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of things to correct, but his motor runs so hot that he's just so valuable for what we do because he's not going to make 10 catches a game. He, he's he's going to make the plays that he needs to make, and he does all the dirty stuff in the trenches. And so uh, he's definitely um, someone that we're that's very valuable to us and, and uh, he works really hard at it, so we're we're really proud of the way he's playing this season. One one quick follow up to that: Have you ever seen a bigger matchup of two guys just going full speed than him and Keyshawn Holmes from Earth a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, no, that was we talked all week as a staff that that was going to be really fun to watch on film, and so uh, we were pretty excited to get back and see that and and break it down a little bit because that was a that was a heck of a matchup. So it really was. That was a battle in there. Both of them just going at it all four quarters. Yes. And, you know, there was one point in the game, he, I think he had, he'd gotten him on the ground a few times and then he came over at one point and he's like, coach, that's my fault. I'm sorry. I missed the block. And I said, well, yeah, he, you know, you've got a, I told you to start the week. You had a tough matchup. I didn't expect you to win every play. So. He did. <laughs> oh, that's awesome that he wants to win every play though. Yeah. I think he's probably going to be a, a big part of what y'all do. And besides Bungler, Bunger and Kirkland, who do you see stepping up here in the last week or two? You know, Caleb Aguero, he's number 10 for us. He's um, He's been a defensive starter for the last couple of years. He, so he's a, you know, he's a senior veteran that's been in our system for a while. He, he's been really big. Uh, for us all season, but a, a big surprise lately has been number seven, um, and the, his name is Isaiah Martinez. Um, so he was a JV player last season, you know, and coming into the season, we just really didn't know what he was capable of, and these last couple of weeks, he's kind of really stepped up, and we feel like he's starting to figure it out a little bit at the varsity level, so he's been a nice surprise. He had three interceptions um, in the second half against Lakey, so that was a that was really nice for us to kind of turn the momentum in our favor. So. You know, one to me, watching so much six-man football, one of the things that gives another team a big advantage is to have someone who can just flat out take over a game from that spread back position. 
that's what Braxton Kirkland can do for you. Talk, talk about his play and, and how pivotal it is for you as a coach to look up and say, man, this is a big one, you know, third and seven, we've got to get it. I know where I'm going. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. I've, I, I've never had a, a player quite like him. I've had some really good ones the last couple of years, you know, the Goodley kid and Rios and Rodriguez, we had a, and the Quig kid a couple of years ago, some really, really good players, but Kirkland's one of those um, that's always kind of liked playing the fullback role. He likes to block. He's big and physical. What I've been most impressed with him this season is his, his leadership. You know, it's his senior year. He's been a four-year starter. You know, he started for us as a freshman. And just to kind of watch him grow into that role and really um, just become a, a great young man and a leader has been really special. Um, but, yeah, he's – He's one of those, I told him, you know, to start the season, he was going to have to play some, he was going to have to play tailback this year. And um, he, honestly, it seems kind of weird, but he, he wasn't super excited about it um, just because he, he loves blocking and that's just what he does. But I've been really impressed at how he's been able to watch film and, and just improve every week. You know, there were some things early in the season I felt like he was, you know, he's doing a great job, but he was taking some unnecessary shots and not finishing with low pad level. And, and he's really uh, improved on a lot of those things that I've, I've showed him on film and some things I want to see. So I'm excited to see where he's at week 11 and going into the postseason, what, what he's able to do, because he's, he's a tough kid also, you know, he's one of those that he's got a finger that's probably broken right now and you'd never know it. And he's not going to go to the doctor. And I mean, he's just a really, really tough kid. I mean, so um, we're, we're really, really proud of him. Coach Avilas, we really do appreciate you joining us. Uh, we do have to put out there real quick because we can see on the Zoom call that we're having with you as we're doing the interview. Now, you're one of those coaches that if you went into the local liquor store, you might get carded still. <laughs> you are a young guy out there. So, so j just to put all the rumors aside, you're not 21, but you're actually 31. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we do appreciate you joining us uh, this week. Good luck to the Rankin Red Devils, uh, a team that uh, has been very impressive this year. I'm sure you guys will uh, we'll hear a lot more from the Red Devils as we move forward. Appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. We'll be watching you. All right. We'll see you guys soon. So, Coach Avalos, wow. He is a young guy. He does look very young, but those he's got those Rankin Red Devils going in the right direction, doesn't he, Craig? He most definitely does, uh, Rankin, and I can't say it enough. They've been really impressed me this year. That's a team that I just expected to be down a little bit this year. As he said, you know, not a whole lot of returning starters on either side of the ball, but holy cow, they are playing some exceptional football right now. They really are. You and I were texting one night after our games were over because we were listening to the Rankin Red Devil Network. I think they're called the seventh man. <laughs> and... Uh, in between plays, if they make a certain type of play, they they give away meat from yes. Everidge Family Farms there in and Rankin. You, and you and I were trying really hard to win some. I don't know how we would have gotten it, but we were trying to win some. You know, I didn't know if we were el eligible <laughs> for that, but I did text Sammy uh, Wyatt, the superintendent Rankin. He said, yes, definitely. We were eligible. We just didn't quite get our fingers on the buttons fast enough. So, but let me tell you about what Rankin has. This is one of those little six band stories. They have its gold chain and the chain is an idea they permanently borrowed. 
I love that term, permanently borrowed, from the Miami Hurricanes football program. It's been long said that no one plays defense in six-man football. So this is Rankin's way of trying to get that going and to build tradition in, in their girls' and boys' programs. So the average family who gives away meat during the broadcast each week, um, they put up weekly prizes from their cattle portion of their business. Callers call in like we, well, we didn't call in, we texted in, but hey, it, whatever works, right? You know, I think maybe this has become competition and we'll see who can win the meat first between you and I. <laughs> you might have an advantage on me, but you know. No, no. Average Farms is cool because they put up these what they call hardy chains as a pride award from the community. And it's given to the boy and a girl in uh, each sport that week to wear. And the girls is a diamond encrusted 22 inch chunk chain with a crowned queen pendant. But wow. the boys is really cool. The boys is a really thick industrial metal chain and it has a piece of a trophy on the end of it. That piece comes from the 1951 Rankin football team's trophy. I do know how they got it. I'm not going to impart that story this time. <laughs> um, it's actually a funny story. The 1951 Rankin Red Devils team was the only undefeated team in school history. They got to the regional round, but, you know, back then, that's as far as you could go. What I've done also, the things that we talk about here in the podcast, uh, for instance, like if we talk about a video or a picture or something like that, if I can get a picture of it, I put it on a web page on our website on 1afan.com. And it's under Backroads Podcasts. It's at the top in the menu. You can go look at pictures and see videos. So not only can you listen to what we're saying, but you can also go get a visual, which I think is kind of cool. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, that, that's a great story. And Rankin definitely playing some defense this year. And the Red Devils rank number two in the state. And so let's kick it off there, Bobby. And just so our listeners know, up to this week, we've been using the Dave Campbell's uh, top 10, but I switched it over to sixmanfootball.com. Mike over in Vernon's finally got that thing, I think, kind of rolling and, and looking good. And uh, so we're, we're going to switch to what we've always considered the Bible of six man, and that is uh, sixmanfootball.com. And so we're going to use those rankings moving forward. And so we'll start at the top now, Dave Campbell's. Sixmanfootball.com, Bobby's top 10, Craig's top 10. It doesn't matter. We all know the May Tigers are at the top, and they take on the Avant Elks, and they wipe them out 63-6. to six. No surprise there. None at all. May is just going to keep rolling. I, I expect them to do that way into the playoffs, if not get to state and, and win it all. Uh, we will see because there are some tough teams in Division One. Well, that, that there are in, in May, they're in Region 4, and that leads to our next game because a team out of Region 4 that we really didn't talk about to start the season, then we started hearing rumblings about them, and they got louder, and it got louder. Next thing you know, they're ranked. So they come into this ball game ranked to number six in the state. That would be the Water Valley Wildcats in a matchup of Wildcats taking on Westbrook, uh, ranked number three in the state. 
And lo and behold, Water Valley wins this one. Uh, Coach Nathan Hayes and his team pick up the victory there for the uh, Wildcats, Water Valley Wildcats. Connor Glass, 9 of 15 through the air, 121 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. He also had eight tackles and two interceptions in this game. Cannon Weiss from that uh, running back position looking really strong. 24 carries, 213 yards and three scores. Nathan Treadway, 14 carries, 80 yards, also had six and a half tackles and two tackles for loss. I got to tell you, Bobby, May versus Water Valley, which is right now kind of what it's looking like as we look into the playoffs. It does. Holy cow, that will be a big boy matchup there. A big boy matchup is perfect. That's a perfect way to explain it. You're right. Um, I know Westbrook gave them all they could handle, but Water Valley went into Westbrook and, and just kind of took over. Steven from our team broadcast that game. And he gave me a little tidbit about the Westbrook concession stand that I have to share because I'm actually thinking about going to Westbrook for a game because I'm thinking I'm going to need to buy one of these. Well, I I saw your note on it and I instantly got hungry. I'm telling you. uh, Yeah, it makes me hungry too. But obviously, Stephen found out from a local that the Westbrook concession stand sells steak on a stick. Yes, you heard that right. Steak on a stick. And he said it was like grilled sirloin, a big chunk of it. And they put it on a stick, like on a sausage, like the sticks they used on a, a, for sausage on a stick. And he said it was wonderful, amazing. And for $7, <laughs> you get steak on a stick, curly fries, and a brownie. Wow. Now, he also went on to say, you know, it's much healthier than Frito pie. <laughs> Well, this is true, but that really shouldn't matter, right? No. (laughs) Get one of each. Frito pie for dessert after you eat your brownie, I guess. I don't know. There you go. Just wash it on down. So that's the uh, Westbrook concession stand there. And boy, does that sound good. So Water Valley, sixth in the state. I'm sure they'll move up now after defeating Westbrook's 55 to 34. Uh, The fourth ranked Spring Lake Earth Wolverines, no problem with the screaming Eagles of O'Donnell. Braxton Etheridge, I'm sure you've heard that name before. 14 carries, 175 yards, and four scores. 10 of 13 through the air, 153 yards, and three touchdowns. So seven combined touchdowns for him. Derek Rosales, uh, having watched Spring Lake Earth play, one of those guys that doesn't get a whole lot of mention, but he is key to that team. Three receptions, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, the Spring Lake Earth Wolverines. Whoa. Looking See, good. I mean, we keep saying that we, we bring up these teams and we, we look at their players and we look at the stats. And um, I think I got to go back to something Coach Avalos said about, you know, in six man, it's really about the matchups. I mean, you have all these very strong teams, but you never know how they're going to match up against each other. That's the most interesting thing for me. That, that really is because physicality, um, speed. Sometimes height and weight mean so much more in six man than it does 11 man. And well, you can get some mismatches and you may be the better team, but if the other team has a decided mismatch at one position, it can eat you alive. It can definitely. Um, the game I went to Amherst versus Wellman union. Wellman union has a little uh, freshman. His name is Levi DePoister and he's number four. And, and let me tell you, he's a tiny little guy. And Amherst has some big players and they kept losing him. He was so fast and so small. They kept losing him. 
I, I mean, I know we were talking about Spring Lake Earth, but I, I've got to tell you, Wellman Union, that team, I watched them score the first points of the season for that team. That's awesome. And, and they never gave up. They never, ever give up. It was, they were just running and running and running. But uh, you got to watch that little number four from Wilman Union. He's quite something. Well, hey, I've never had a problem with people not finding me. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. I'm at the concession stand one too many times. But you know, Hey, steak on a stick. <laughs> goodness. But that is one of the great things about six-man football is it's not just about the teams that obviously we talk about on a weekly basis because they're playing so well, but teams in general just – they are the community. They're not a part of it. They are the community. So many of these small towns, you know, the independent school district there oftentimes is the largest employer in that county. And mm-hmm. people take so much pride in it. And it's stories like that, that, you know, whether you're nine and oh, or oh, and nine, the ability to score your first points of the year, or finally pick up a victory after not having one in the last, you know, 17, 18 games, those stories are just as great as talking about teams like May and Water Valley. They're doing so well this year. I totally agree because they have a goal. Sometimes the goal is just to win that first game. And in Wellman Union's case, it was just to get that first score. And it was just, I was just so happy to be there to witness that. I don't think I've heard a crowd yell louder than the Wellman Union faithful when that score happened. Just an incredible story there. Let's look at the fifth-ranked team uh, out of Region 2, District 8. That is the Sterling City Eagles. And they took out a team out of Region 1, District 4. These two teams have played so many times. And I have to tell you, this score surprised me a little bit. Sterling City over Borden County, 52 to nothing. Sterling City winning didn't necessarily surprise me. But after the showing that Borden County had against Rankin, I was really surprised to see them get 45 in this game. And that... Uh, unfortunately for my happy Cowboys who face them next week may be a bad sign because that may be telling you how good Sterling city is. Uh, Jonathan Monreal, six carries, 90 yards, two touchdowns, Cash Johnson, seven carries, 58 yards and two touchdowns. And Jace Clark, four carries, 28 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, no, no truth to the rumor that Ty Keith tried to put you and I in uh, from his <laughs> offensive coordinator position to see if we couldn't score as well. Uh, just Sterling city, really impressive. Thing. They have Borden County to 71 total yards. Wow. You know, that's incredible. Of course, you know, we've talked about the youth of Borden County, so they're going to be up and down. But Sterling City has been pretty consistent this year. Um, They've played some very different teams. They've gotten different looks. It's that matchup thing coming up again. Seems like that's the theme of the week. So I'm going to be at that game on Thursday in Borden County between Sterling City and Happy. That's going to be a good matchup. I, I really think it will be. Uh, that should be a good one. You know, when we talk about Region 4, we always forget, and I promise you, even though I haven't talked to him, Coach Gallego says, I don't care. Keep forgetting about us. Region 4, the seventh-ranked team, that is the Jonesboro Eagles. They wipe out the Blum Bobcats 45 to nothing. Ian Show, five carries, 101 yards, and two touchdowns. Tyler Wilson, seven carries, 35 yards, two touchdowns. He also had a, a 33-yard receiving touchdown, and the Eagles just keep on winning, Bobby. They do. And I had the pleasure of talking to coach Gallegos. 
And he indicated they have a ways to go to get where they need and want to be, which is a little scary if they're not there. I mean, I mean, I understand it's still week four, but um, he is very pleased with the focus and intensity. He also gave a shout out to Blum. He said, you know, the Blum program is a great program and they're going to rebound just fine, but they're having a tough stretch in their schedule right now. Uh, He also said that he was extremely proud of the way the Eagles played against Blum and the kids played fast and played downhill. Well, that's good to hear. And, and, you know, like I say, Jonesboro, we talked about May and Water Valley earlier and Jonesboro just sitting there as well in Region 4. Region 4, really competitive this year. Uh, Look at the eighth ranked team. That's uh, the team that I cover, the Happy Cowboys. They went to Crest. Took on a much better Crest Kangaroo team than we've seen in years past. Much better competitive team there from Coach Reeves. Cowboys, though, victorious in this one, 62-12. The Cowboys sophomore running back, Cutter Hodges, 10 carries, 269 yards and four touchdowns. Camden Spirit, three of six, two scores. All three of those passes to Kyten Johnson, two of those getting into the end zone. And uh, Happy probably played their best game all season long, I thought. Uh, but, you know, I come away from that game, A, impressed with how well Happy played, but also how impressed I was with it's just a much better kangaroo team than we've seen in years past. It definitely is. They have a whole host of kids that are contributing and they play hard. And I'm telling you that team, I I don't know what, (laughs) what coach is doing over there at Crest, but they are fired up every second of the game. They're fired up. They always have someone yelling good, positive things uh, during the game. I was impressed with that. The number nine team in the rankings, uh, the Roby Lions, they were uh, off this week. They originally had a game scheduled. That one got canceled. So they were had a quote-unquote bye week this week. So we'll go to number 10. And that is the Abbott Panthers out of Region 3. No problem with Belleville Faith Academy. They would take out the Knights 50 to nothing. Stop me if you've heard a few of these names before. Robert Munoz, nine carries, 135 yards and three touchdowns. Carson Johnson, two or three through the air, 63 yards and two touchdowns. Guess what? All those went to Kane Klaus again, two for 63 and two scores. He also had three tackles, one and a half of those uh, tackles, four loss. And the Panthers uh, from Coach Crawford really looking strong there out of Region 3. I think they're going to continue, continue in that vein. Then we'll jump down to Division 2. We'll start with the number one ranked Motley County Matadors. No problem with the Coral Wildcats. Uh, Coach Parsley finding uh, the sledding tough this year in Croyle, and uh, Motley County wins that ball game 48 to nothing. On to number two, the Balmeray Bears and Coach Jones. Uh, no problem with the Marfa Shorthorns. Got to like that one, the Shorthorns. Uh, they win that ball game 66 to 16. And then the next big game, let's really get into this one, Bobby. The third ranked Jayton Jaybirds in a Battle of the Stanilands. Yes. Yeah. I think they call it the Stanleyan Brother Bowl. There you go. And uh, Josh comes out victorious. He's now, I think, 2-0 and against his brother, John. 53-40. to And this game was a heck of a ball game. So I kind of set the scene for you. Valley's down 47-40. to 20 seconds remaining in the ball game. They've got the ball on their own nine-yard line, trying to see if they can come up with some magic. They fumble the ball. You get a scoop and score for the Jaybirds. Oh, yep. Yep, and that's the ball game. So Jayton wins that one, fifty-three to forty. Uh, some of the standouts on both sides of it, um, and I didn't get last names, Bobby, and I forgot to look it up. But uh, 
Sesums for Jayton, the last name, 22 carries, 216 yards, and three touchdowns. King, 14 carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown. And Williams, 5 of 10 through the air for 52 yards and a touchdown. For the Valley Patriots, uh, they had 363 total yards in this ballgame. Blake Beard, that's a name to remember. 19 carries, 209 yards, and two scores. He also had a 49-yard receiving touchdown. And their quarterback, Stanley, 7 of 15, 106, and two scores. And what was just a really entertaining game. It was, and I saw a picture on the um, on someone's Facebook page where after the game, all of Valley and all of Jayden and all the coaches all got together and took a picture together. It was a really neat picture. Hopefully, I can I can get that picture and add it to our webpage so you can all see it. It's it's very cool. This this next week will be interesting for both Jayden and Valley as Valley plays Nazareth and, and then Jayton goes up to Petersburg. So we'll see how that works out for him in week five. We will. And, and I don't know, did, did they do the uh, uh, wrestling match before the game? Do we know what the, uh, the output is there? Uh, Josh is over John two Oh in coaching, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe John's taking him on this wrestling match before the game starts. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but I know their mother really well. And I know this game just absolutely kills her. And usually she has a shirt made with both teams on it. And she sits in a chair at the end of the underneath the goalpost. That way she's not showing favoritism, which is really cool. That, that, is, that is awesome. Let's move on down. Fourth-ranked, strong Greyhounds. We had Coach Lee on last week. No uh, truth to the rumor that we brought him some good luck because they just took out Gorman 60-15. to 15. They didn't need luck from us. Yeah, the dog agrees with us there, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Greyhounds, talking about Greyhounds, that's what the dog heard. So it's 60-15, to 15, strong in that one. Uh, number five, the Follett Panthers. They took on the upstart Will Dorado Mustangs and Coach Timmons. Follett won this ball game 52 to six. This is a game I was at and, you know, Will Dorado has been playing pretty, very well this year, but Follett is just right now at a totally different level. Uh, Shane Franks is usually a guy we talk to, but in this ball game, it was OCL. I think I'm saying that right. Ventura, three rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. Will Dorado just could get nothing going on offense. That Follett defense was just stifling and they do what Andy Copley teaches them every single time. And that is just, Keep running the ball. Keep running the ball. Keep running the ball. Oh, we'll throw a little five yard out here. Run, run, run. They just they smother you, and that's exactly what they did in this game. They they do, and they use every single second to the fullest. <laughs> if you've ever been to watch Follett play, Follett could have the ball the entire first quarter if they get the ball first. Uh, they will just consistently and i think we've used the word a lot methodically um, to describe follett and that's exactly how they're playing still yet this year yeah i know and will dorado uh, not, not, won't, don't want to take anything away from them i think that's a team that's got a, a solid future in front of them um we talk about mismatches and that's kind of what we had in this ball game but uh i still think will dorado has a a, a 50-50 shot at winning that district there with the Groom Tigers. Uh, the number six, Klondike Cougars, win over Meta, 45 to nothing. Uh, the seventh-ranked Anton Bulldogs, their game got canceled this week. So we'll move on to the eighth-ranked Throckmorton Greyhounds. Now, that's a name we haven't heard from in a long time. They take out Blackwell, 40-32. to 32. Uh, I think that was a pretty good game. Yeah, Throckmorton, you know, they've been down a little bit since Farquhar's kind of 
graduated and moved on to their college sports. I think they're on the rise. Coach Hans over there is doing a great job and building a program in Throckmorton to be proud of. The uh, ninth-ranked Calvert Trojans over Allen Academy, the Rams, 55-32. to 32. That's a, a private school a team there. And then the one upset that we had in the uh, top 10, both divisions, Highland beats Lorraine 62-48 to 48 in, one, in a very high-scoring ballgame. Highland and Lorraine, that kind of surprised me because Lorraine's been rolling pretty good here the last few weeks, and um, Highland's had a few struggles. I mean, they did beat Blackwell in the battle for the bell, uh, but they come out and jumped on Lorraine and come away with the win. They do, and so... Uh, that's kind of a look at the top 10, both Division One and Division Two. Let's take a look at some other games across the state that we were able to get uh, news and notes on. And first one I want to start with, and, and just a note on it. So McLean defeats LaForce 22 to nothing. They're really nothing there, so to speak. Uh, McLean now 4-0 and on the season. Now, that is a surprise to most folks. But the one thing I want to mention out of this one is Coach Brad Rayner has been out. He's missed the last couple of games with an undisclosed illness. Hopefully he's getting better, and we just want to send out our best wishes to uh, Coach Rayner. Such a good guy, and we definitely want to see him back on the sidelines as soon as possible. Definitely, totally agree. So, so keep Coach Rayner in your prayers, and hopefully we'll see him back on the sidelines soon. Very much so. Now let's move to one of the most entertaining games of the night that didn't involve ten, top ten teams. And that is the Spur Bulldogs and the White Deer Bucks doing battle. Coach Clark and Coach Rucker put on one heck of a ball game. So I'm going to leave the best part of this for last. Let's talk about who did what in this one. For Spur, no surprise, Corey Hamilton, 145 yards rushing, five scores. Also had 10 and a half tacks, uh, tackles, sold popcorn at halftime. Uh, <laughs> he was all over the place. Was Is it LaShawn, LaZane? What did we finally decide? LaShawn. It sounds sort of French. It's kind of yeah. fun to say, Lejean. All right. Well, Lejean likes it just because we mentioned his name every single time. <laughs> Lejean Walker, uh, sorry, 10 carries, 85 yards. He had a 44-yard receiving touchdown and a kickoff return for a touchdown, which was the theme of the night for Spur, as Gunnar Bateman also had a kickoff return for a touchdown and eight tackles. For the White Deer Bucks. Carson Ketchum, 29 carries, 161 yards and three scores. 7 of 12 through the air for another 112 yards and a passing touchdown, as well as a receiving touchdown. So he had the trifecta in this ball game. But with all that said and done, Bobby, mm-hmm. and it's a big win for Spur, you got to talk about the last play of the ball game where a six-man record was set. And I'm going to mess this up, I promise you. But the sophomore, Christian Nunez Oseguera, kicks a 53-yard field goal with no time left on the clock uh, to get the four points, but more importantly, the record in six man. That is right. Yes. And it's Osaguera. Osaguera. Thank you. Yes. See, I knew I'd mess Osaguera. it up. Osaguera. And it's, it kind of rolls off the tongue. It's kind of fun to say, kind of like Lejean. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Spur ends up winning that game. But yes, uh, White Deer went out. I've talked to Coach Rucker about his kicker. I mean, I've heard that he's good, and he has sent me video from practices where he's kicked it anywhere from 45 to 60-yard field goals in practice. Um, But, you know, it's really not quite like in a game. Uh, Rucker thinks that he can probably hit a 70-yarder if the wind was just right. (laughs) Uh, You know, that's pretty high praise. 
Yeah. Uh, but yes, Christian kicked that 53 yard field goal in the waning seconds and set the six man record that was confirmed by our historian, Lehman Saunders. And it overshadows the 47 yard field goal made by Ray Walls from Blackwell, Lehman's hometown, in 1987 versus Ira. You know, we talked about the Bucks and how young, young they are, and they definitely have a good kicker. But Rucker says the Bucks have 12 out of 14 players on varsity who were on JV last year. Wow. They have had very few reps as a varsity player, and he said that the youth on their team has shown so far. However, he said they're getting a lot better, and he feels their tough preseason schedule schedule has really forced them to adapt and get better. He says they are excited to see how they look when the light bulb finally comes on for them. Well, that that, that is uh, good news there from Coach Rucker. So Spur over White Deer, 75 to 51. Spur, one of those teams, I think, sitting just on the outside of the top 10, waiting for somebody to uh, make a mistake. And I have a feeling we'll see the Bulldogs in there. At Division Two, a team that we don't talk much about, it doesn't matter whether we're doing a podcast or not, it's just not a team that has done really well in years past. The Headley Owls and Coach Eric Alston, they defeat Hart 39 to nothing. And the Owls now 4-0 and on the season for the first time since 2005. Josh Booth in this ballgame, five carries for 41 yards, three of eight through the air, 71 yards and two scores. Hayden Alston, Coach Alston's son, uh, two for two through the air for 62 yards and two touchdowns. He also caught two balls for 65 yards and two touchdowns. I had to look at that twice. I was like, that, that doesn't seem right. But I guess he switched positions with someone. <laughs> exactly. It was kind of crazy. Nick Clark, 10 carries, 69 yards and a touchdown. Elijah Booth, two receptions, 62 yards and two touchdowns. And boy, I hope I get this name right. Isaac Weatherreed. And that's exactly how it looks. Nine carries, 74 yards, and a touchdown. And the Headley Owls making noise there in Region 1, District 1. Sorry, region, yeah, Region 1, District 1 uh, in Division 2. That's right. I've been watching those Headley Owls. They've been loudly racking up the wins this year. So I think we might need to get the Headley coach to come on and talk to us about his owls. What do you think? We might just have to do that because I have a feeling they may be 5-0. and oh. They got a last buddy coming up, so uh, that should be an interesting ball game there. Uh, also, back into uh, Division One, Paducah and Nazareth did battle. And, boy, Nazareth is – they are Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You don't they know are. Who's going to show up, and this time – the team they didn't want to show up did, and the Dragons win this one 59 to 14. Jimmy Rogers, not the old country and western singer, but <laughs> Jimmy Rogers, the running back, 15 carries. Oh, he just had 307 yards rushing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, four scores. Deflon Flemons, uh, stop me if you've ever heard that last name before <laughs> out of Paducah, four carries, 94 yards, and two scores. Four, the Swifts, Trent Gerber, eight of 19 through the air, 81 yards, uh, touchdown, and two picks. And Luke Schulte, 21 carries, 47 yards. Tough sledding up front for the Swifts this week. Definitely. And you know what was surprising about that game is at the end of the first quarter, the score was still 0-0. I saw that and I thought, yeah, somebody typed that wrong. No, that's correct. It was 0-0. And then after that, I guess Paducah had a fire lit under them and they just uh, took off from there. So Paducah victorious in that one. Uh, out of Region 2, Hermley takes out Robert Lee 50 to nothing. 
Uh, Coach Winters got his team playing well there. And, you know, it's funny. I watched Auburn and Penn State play last night. They've got a Tank Bigsby. Hermley's got a Bubba Digsby. <laughs> tank Bigsby, Bubba Digsby. Yes, yeah, yeah. that three times real fast. <laughs> oh, and I found out a few little things from Coach Winters. Did you know that Bubba is not the only Digby on the Hermley Cardinals team? He has two cousins on the team. The Digby family is quite a large family. They've had several cousins playing together like they are now. Um, Stetson Digby, Bubba Digby, and Tyson Digby. Tyson is a sophomore, and Steve Stetson and Bubba are seniors. They've had all kinds of cousins graduate from Hermley. So um, Digby is definitely a, a Hermley Cardinal family name. Well, that is something you can definitely dig, right? <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> All right. Next game on the uh, calendar here, Erion County and Grand Falls Royalty Hornets over the Cowboys, 61 to 6 for the Hornets. Jordan Harrison, three carries, 71 yards and two scores. Also had nine tackles in that ballgame. Trevin Kofel, four of eight, 136, four scores. Jordan Harrison, Parker Connor, Bo Morrow, Schrader Seaman all caught a touchdown pass from Kofel. And oh, yeah, Parker Posey racked up eight tackles in that ballgame. Four of the Cowboys, 67 total yards, two lost fumbles uh, led to their demise in this one, falling 61 to six. Yes, and this was Coach Don Kofel's 100th career victory. So, congratulations to Coach Don Kofel. I did talk to him a little bit. You know, we like to say names correctly on this show. <laughs> Or at least we try. <laughs> so I did ask him how to say his name. I'm glad I got that right. Uh, but he just said he was really proud of the Hornets growth. And he feels like they're growing to be better young men every day. He said they are a super fun group to coach. And he's just really proud of them. And I, I kind of want to go back to that. What he said about they're growing to be better young men every day. Focusing on the character, that I just think that's so impressive. It is. It's a, It's not only about how you play between the lines, but outside of the lines and as well. And those are the things where coaches have, to me, maybe a bigger impact than they do in between the lines. That's how they coach their kids and what characteristics they leave their kids when they walk away from the field house or from the football field and bring out into the community. Those are things are so, so important now more than ever. You know, because when you really think about it, uh, four years in high school playing football is a very limited amount of time compared to the rest of your life when you get to use the skills you've learned about, you know, how to go about and be a good person or a good dad or a good mom or um, or a good family member, or just, just be kind to others, those types of things, you know, that's going to last you the rest of your life. That they will. Uh, region three, we had a matchup, uh, dish, division one and division two, uh, between Bobcats and that was Bluffdale and Fruitvale and the Bobcats win. Oh, you knew that, right? <laughs> uh, uh, this time it's the Bluffdale Bobcats. They were down at half. They get the game winning walk-off touchdown in this ball game as the uh, clock expires. DJ Wood has a ball game, 25 carries, 308 yards, six touchdowns, 11 tackles, uh, serves soft drinks at halftime. Bryland Feist, 20 tackles, Ty Moore, 12 tackles, 
phenomenal output there from the Bobcats. We had a photographer at that game and he said it was the best game he'd ever watched. He said it was just amazing. Um, so I had to take the opportunity to talk to Bluffdale's coach, Wade Johnson. And he said his kids battled adversity throughout the game and were able to make big plays when it mattered most. He did say his hat is off to Fruitvale and Coach Tyler. They played one heck of a game, a game that he believes all of the players will remember forever. That's how big of an impact that game was. He said it was an enjoyable win, and they have doubled their win total from last season and hope to keep this momentum going into next week as they face off with Ira Dell. Uh, that should be a good ball game. Uh, next up on the uh, docket here, out of Region 4, uh, not to throw a wet blanket on Zephyr, but the Tigers win this one. Blanket, that is, 61 to nothing over the Bulldogs. And uh, some of us say we've had a good day. Well, Braden Day had one a heck of a day. Eight carries, 186 yards, five scores, five tackles, two interceptions, one of those for a touchdown. That's having a day there. Carlos Morales, five carries, 30 yards, a touchdown, and five tackles. And Brennan Varner, perfect through the air, 5 of 5 for 59 yards and a score. Looking at a Region 2 matchup, Bront and Grady doing battle. Grady wins this one 62 to 12. And, you know, with all the talk about uh, some freshmen, boy, don't look past Grady's freshman. That's Gunner Cherry. 20 carries, 226 yards and four scores. Austin Aaron, 5 of 8 through the air for 59 uh, yards and a touchdown. Also had 11 tackles in this ballgame. Hunter McAnally, five carries, 59 yards, and a score with 12 tackles. And Cody Cates, 13 tackles as well. And that's uh, Grady coming out on top in this ballgame over Bront, 62-12. to 12. And then let's look at uh, Region 2 versus Region 4, both a uh, Division One matchup. And Coach Jones has got his Bearcats back on the winning side of the bracket. They take out Eden in this one, 50 to nothing. And after being stifled last week, Sebastian Bowser gets his uh, motor going again. Nine carries, 152 yards, and three scores. Denton Rowe, one carry, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Now, that's oh, a heck of a carry. That is a heck of a carry. <laughs> and then Logan Seidenberger, three of four for 43 yards and two scores. For the Bulldogs, Julian Gamboa led the way. 17 carries, 72 yards, four nine through the air, and 51 yards. Yeah, you just can't count those Bearcats out. Not this year. No, you definitely cannot. So that that's a look at some of the games from this week, Bobby. And I think this is a good time to talk about. Maybe 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 you've put a little time between uh, you and last weekend, but Craig, <laughs> what <laughs> what's that? I know where you're going here. Craig uh, had the opportunity to run a 5k mud run last week how'd that work out for you craig well i'm still alive i can actually walk now <laughs> it, it was a 5k run here in uh, the amarillo area and and really what it is it's kind of crazy it's a bmx dirt bike track so you can only imagine the hills they uh -huh. make it a cross-country course and they put obstacles on it like you know climb 20 uh, i don't say 20 stories climb two stories though uh, on ropes one side, and then coming down wood on the next, climb over this, climb over that. And you've also got to tread through mud. You got to crawl through mud. Um, and the mud didn't smell too well, which uh, <sighs> scares me where the water came from. But uh, it, to be honest with you, 
the plan was to walk it. We were going to walk it as a group, just a bunch <laughs> of friends getting together. And well, you know me, Bobby, and that old competitive spirit just hit. And as they're counting down 10, nine, eight, I looked at my wife and said, I really have to stay with y'all. No, you don't have to. <laughs> my idiotic self took off and, uh, I ran probably it was two laps. I ran about a lap and a half of this thing before my body said, you, sir, are 52 years old, and <laughs> you should not be doing this at the pace you're doing it at. It just said, nope, you're out. You are you're out. out. You're out. But it was um, a lot of fun. It really was. I got to spend time with uh, other guys. You know, we got four kids, and if I'll never complain because we spend all of our time with our kids, uh, chasing them here, there, or everywhere. And uh, so sometimes it's just fun to get out and, and be amongst adults, <laughs> quote unquote, although all my kids are almost grown up, but it's just fun to get out there and, uh, you know, do something that you just don't normally do on a Sunday. Now, I regretted it for about three days, but it was a blast. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've recuperated, but now the, the big question, is there a picture of the oh, end? There, there are plenty of pictures. Now. Okay. I'm going to need a picture because we're going to put it on the webpage. I we'll think everybody's going to need to go see that. <laughs> we'll put it out there. The, the only thing you'll see is some guy standing with a ton of mud on him and then a bald head with a hat on it. <laughs> That's about all there is. Well, uh, so am I safe to assume that you won't be doing that in the very near future? Not in the near future. Maybe in another year I'll go, yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and I forget all the pain I went through, but uh, it really was fun. But holy cow, you realize how old you are when you uh, start to do things and that old competitive nature kicks in and it just only carries you so far. It really does. Oh, I understand. Yesterday we had my grandson's seventh birthday party at the corn maze out near shallow water. Oh, so you've been herding cats all day. Well, sort of. I didn't realize, you know how you, if you haven't been to a place and you have this image in your head of what it's supposed to be like or what you think it is. Yeah. I, I thought it was just like a little maze, you know, no, it is not a little maze. It is an enormous maze. And yes, you can get lost in there. I am shocked that all of the adults and all of the children made it out of the corn at one point, my daughter called me and said, how do you get out of this thing? And I said, look for the fir trees and stick to the right. Because <laughs> I had already I had already said, I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of this maze. But the cool thing about the corn maze, if you haven't been there, is that when you get out of the corn maze, you can actually shoot corn cannons. They put oh, wow. cannons or corn down in these cannons and you shoot them at these huge hail ba uh, bales out in the field. It's a lot of fun. So if you haven't been to the corn maze, make sure you get a little map and actually follow it. Pay attention to that and shoot the corn cannon. So is it safe to say you would not want to do this at night? Uh, probably not. So, Craig, if you'd like to go to, you know what, maybe they should do, see, I should not have ideas. They should have a 5K mud run through the corn maze. Wow. That is a scary thought. <laughs> Get lost while you're running a mud run. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. That, that would be fun. Well, Bobby, before we get out of here, let's look at the week five matchups and some games I've uh, headlined here. Maybe you've got one as well. Uh, Thursday night, you talked about it. At Borden County should be a good one. Sterling City and Happy, a matchup of top, top 10 teams. And uh, that should be a really good one there. 
Uh, we talked about Coach Rucker and his team growing up. Well, you don't get a whole lot of time to grow up because you got the Spring Lake Earth Wolverines. Oh, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, so. Next on the schedule, so that will be a tough one. Uh, one that I find interesting, Paducah travels all the way up to Follett. Now, first of all, that is a three- or four-hour drive for the Dragons in that one. It is, and to top it all off, right before we started uh, today, I noticed that that game has moved to Thursday at 6.30. Holy cow. That will be a long bus trip home. Uh, we're going to have some tired kids in Paducah on Friday for school, so just get ready for that. Most definitely. Other games to note, uh, Water Valley and Borden County. And, yes, I know Borden County is 0-4, so, you know, don't at me. I get that. They still are the Borden County Coyotes. But, man, the big, bad Water Valley Wildcats uh, show up, and that should be a – oh, I'm sure Trey Ritchie's going – Okay, who made this schedule? <laughs> I'm sure he's oh, asked himself. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm sure he's asked himself that question many times in the last few weeks. Uh, one game that I'm very interested in is Westbrook goes to play Strawn. That should be a fantastic game. Westbrook coming off the uh, loss this week to Water Valley. We know what Coach Lee and his Greyhounds are all about. That should be a fantastic matchup as well. Definitely. I, I can't wait to see that. I'll be watching that score all night long <laughs> so that's some of the key matchups going on for week five don't forget next week we'll wrap all that up for you but uh, hey if you're a coach out there we want your stats we want to talk about your kids do you have a tradition out there do you sell something at the concession stand that everybody needs to hear about like steak on a stick that's what we're here for send us an email texas1afan at gmail.com hit bobby up on twitter hit myself up on twitter Find us on Facebook. It's Texas 1A Fan on Facebook. There's so many ways you can get to us. Send us your scores. That's super important with the stats. We want to recognize your kids. Send us those things that talk about what your schools go through. Talk about what's being served in the concession stands, because I love to hear about that. Next week, I'm going to talk about the homemade ice cream at Klondike, because it is fantastic. I actually have heard of that before, so I'm looking forward to that story. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here on the Backroads Podcast. This was the Week 4 Six-Man Scoreboard Show. For Craig, I'm Craig Spree with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. We hope you have a fantastic week, and we will see you again next week. See you on the sidelines.